Hey there, dear listener. I hope that you're doing well and taking care of yourself. Today, Yazza speaks about toxic relationships. I know that the first type of relationship that popped in your mind right now is romantic relationships, understandably so. However, there are many different types of relationships. It could be a friendship, a relationship between a mother and daughter. Before we begin, let us address relationships in general. According to Oxford, relationships are the way in which two or more people or things are connected, or the state of being connected, which means that there is connection, rapport, and communication. Due to the constant representation, unfortunately, in social media, relationships are seen as bound to humans. Nonetheless, a human can have a relationship with animals or even an object, and they could be toxic too. But in today's episode, we're just going to focus on human relationships. <laughs> I personally see relationships as a transaction, not to objectify them, but to make sense of them. You give your attention, love, knowledge, and care to the other person. Well, they do the same. But when your effort is not reciprocated, that is when a relationship starts to deteriorate and turn toxic. It could be something so simple and small like giving time to go out with a friend to support them, but when you need their support, it isn't present, or in other words, they're not present. Red flags of a toxic relationship. You cannot just easily identify a relationship or a toxic relationship on the get-go. You cannot just walk on the street and look at a couple or a family and be like, oh, hey, they're in a toxic relationship. It doesn't work that way. There are many red flags or warning signs as dr glass referred to them in dr glass's book 1995 on toxic people there are many signs and most of them aren't realized by you however such things as rewarding abuse harassment domestic violence are things that a victim of toxic relationships can easily recognize and have to report it they, they have to report it other factors could be as one-sided effort or care or even how your mental health is doing. Sometimes consistent sadness or unpleasantness brought by the other party of the relationship is a red flag and you seriously have to look out for that. But those are the few things that even others can identify. You should also be on the lookout for your surrounding community. If any of them are sharing their concerns, you should actually consider it and take it into your matters although you might be in a healthy relationship with a friend or even your mother others might be envious and they start raising false concerns and, and that is completely unacceptable and one one way to check the validity of others concerns is to check in with yourself ask yourself if everything is good if everything is well perhaps contact an expert for an outsider's opinion or even have a discussion with your partner or whoever you're having that relationship with but if you were trigger warning, physically abused, or emotionally in any form, you must report it and deal with it without having doubts when people are raising their concerns. Especially during lockdown. Unfortunately, the domestic violence rate has risen up. For instance, in just Cyprus, there has been a 30% increase in domestic violence helpline calls. And that it's just in 2020. As I mentioned briefly, mental health and relationships, let us dive deeper into it. Relationships and mental health. 
Let us look at the three sanctions that the Mental Health Organization of the UK presented. Family and childhood, couple relationships and community. There are many things that contribute to your emotional well-being right now. And one of the things could be childhood trauma. Such things as neglect, poor attachment, lack of quality stimulation, conflict, or just your parents 24-7 arguing. You are less likely of having a good well-being. You are less likely to have a healthy mental health. You don't have those things that you're supposed to have due to the things that you've seen in your childhood. For, for example, if you just woke up one day hearing your parents scream at each other and they're fighting, and that is completely traumatizing to a child. And you grow up thinking that that is love. You grow up thinking that that is something that, is, that should be normalized. If you're fighting with, a, with your partner, that that is something that is completely normal. And that, and that is where your vision of love and relationships is, is just completely ruined. That, that is why married couples, they have to go to family counseling or therapy to, to get help and not to affect their kids negatively. There was a survey in 2015, um, I'm going to quote the whole thing, a 2015 survey of children attending child and adolescent mental health services found that family relationship problems were the single biggest presenting problem. That is completely shocking. Most of the people with mental health struggles, their single biggest presenting problem as relationship, family relationships, as having a bad relationship with your sister or seeing how your parents interact with each other, that is completely traumatizing. There, there are many things that contribute to a child's mental well-being, and we see some kids, and I'm sure that you've had a classmate before, a student who pulls your hair and swears at the teacher and does bad things and you're just like what is going on with this kid but if you dive in deeper you'd see that this is how their environment is this is how the students house is this is how their parents interact with each other and that just completely inflicts with your mental health and your emotional well-being let us look at couple relationships being happily married or having a very very healthy marriage that has a tremendous positive effect on your mental health you tend to be happier you tend to have more motivation to do things on a daily basis if you were in a very unhappy marriage or abusive marriage you'd see yourself drifting away from everything that makes you you According to the Mental Health Organization, there were some recent studies from Ireland and USA. They say that especially people with anxiety or increased risk of depression, it comes from toxic relationships or negative social interactions and relationships. Now let's look at the community. Let me quote the whole thing again. People in neighborhoods with higher level of social cohesion experience lower rates of mental health problems that 
than those in neighborhoods with lower cohesion, independent of how deprived and affluent a neighborhood is. So if you're living in a neighborhood where it's just it's just constant issues, constant problems. I mean, in a community there you and your community, that is a relationship too. Your neighborhood or your neighbors, that is a relationship too. So if you're facing constant neglect or constant conflict with that neighborhood, that is going to tremendously affect your mental health in the most negative ways. Now that we've talked about toxic relationships and how do we define them or types of relationships in general, how do you get rid of that toxic person or that toxic relationship? There are many hotlines which I will include in today's article links page that you should contact if you're abused in any way. People believe that domestic violence is only physical, but it could also be something emotional or verbal. And such things should be taken seriously. They are taken seriously by your local authorities, and there are many hotlines in your local area that you should be in contact in. Sometimes, not in physically abusive relationships, things can be worked through. Couple or family counseling is one of the choices, as well as you could talk and communicate through, through things. And uh, I believe that the root, sometimes, the root of non-physically abusive relationships the root of your problems is that you don't communicate or there's only one person who's communicating and the other person isn't. For instance, uh, a brother is mad at his father. You know, and your okay, your brother is mad at his father because your father did something wrong and he just didn't like what was what was happening and your brother is voicing his concerns and your father isn't doing anything about it. He's just neglecting his child. And that is a toxic relationship. That is one of the ways where, you know, the communication isn't mutual. That is why communication is one of the things that you need to work on. How do we detach from that person or that toxic relationship? Now, now we learn how to get rid of those toxic people or that toxic relationship. How do we detach? I mean, you can get rid of, like, getting rid of something doesn't mean that you're detaching from it. We as humans, it is incredibly difficult for us to detach as humans the second we see something that we like we just instantly attach ourselves to it so how do we detach and heal well per personal experience not only mine though but others that I have observed detaching can be something difficult and nearly impossible but you have to realize that this person who you've attached yourself to serves you no good. They harm you and cause you so much sorrow. I mean, ask yourself, am I worthy of sadness? Am I worthy of everything that is happening to me? Things that I don't even want. Now, let, let's separate relationships. Let's start with friendships. Does your friend make you feel wanted or included? Do you just constantly feel left out? Do they always say, oh, forgot to invite you? Or they could come to you for advice and support during hardships and when you want it, it's just not there? You're the 
person who texts your friend group the first and you're there who's always planning and they're just constantly making excuses and later on that day you realize that they had a gathering and that is a toxic friendship a friendship is supposed to be a mutual thing you give and receive vice versa they give and receive now dear listener why you're listening get up i want you to get i want you to get up unless you're in a car probably don't do that <laughs> but get up look in the mirror look at that beautiful human being and as i ask you answer yourself honestly is that friend really worth your time are they positively or negatively affecting you and if you could list the pros and cons of this friendship which will outweigh the other now for my dear hopeless romantics hello not to bring astrology into this but you're probably a scorpio <laughs> they haven't texted you back right or is your spouse currently neglecting you how does that sit right with you though how is that okay with you and how do you feel when you see other couples happy you compare yourself to you I'm aware that most people are going to say that everybody's relationship differs, but I mean, yeah, yes, it does. But when it comes to your happiness, does it also differ? Shouldn't we all have the happiness that we've all read about in fairy tales? Dear hopeless romantic, look at yourself in the mirror too. Just say like, is this really it? Should I really settle? Am I really happy? If you're following everything that I'm saying, and if you're actually asking yourself that, then you are probably in a toxic relationship. You are probably unhappy with your relationship. I mean, do not get me wrong. There is a difference between being unhappy and being in a toxic relationship, but there are some similarities. Healing. Healing is a long process. It has many ups and downs. Some days you wake up and you feel like the whole word, world is in your favor. The whole world is cheering on for you. And everyone is like, yes, get up. Congratulations. Like You're happy and everything is good. And just some other days you feel like, why am I still on Earth? I wish if I was in another planet or something. But, but on that day, that is where you remind yourself, this is how healing works. Healing isn't a straight line. It, it isn't just all fairies and daisies and cakes and cupcakes and... But anyways, going back to the topic, healing has many ups and downs. And on that, on your downs, this is where you remind yourself, as I said, that... Healing is not a straight line. It fluctuates. It goes up and it goes down. It doesn't just limit itself to happy moments. It really doesn't. And on that bad day, you get up and you, you say to yourself, you tell yourself that, yes, I cannot change today. Yes, I cannot make things different i cannot go back to yesterday and be like no no tomorrow is going to be a good day no 
you cannot control that but you can control yourself or you can control your reaction to that bad day and how you react to it and what you do about it so if you're if you're having a bad day and i'm really sorry about that then do something that you love remember my self-care episode practice self-care do something that you love doing do something that makes you happy and just for once forget about your problems one of my favorite ways of healing honestly is journaling i'm going to link an article about journaling and how to journal and i've been trying to heal from so many things and i started journaling and what i do every day is i just write things on a daily basis and I, I just write things on a daily basis and I write things that I'm very grateful of and things that I want to achieve in life and it just brings this happiness and one of the things that I also do is that I write on a piece of paper my goals in life and things that I want to achieve and I just stick it on the wall and then later on wh- whenever I see it, it it just makes me happy so that is one of the ways that you can heal there are many ways too and I'm going to link a few, article, a few articles about healing Dear listener, I need you to know that you are not worthy of that toxic relationship. Nor are you worthy of that toxic person. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be in a healthy relation. You deserve to be loved the way that you should be loved. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you have a great day, night, or evening, or according to whatever time that you're listening to this.